Welcome back to Apologetics for Tweens. I'm Tom Griffin. Our topic for today is a very interesting one, highly controversial, important in some respects and not in others. Does science show that the age of the earth disproves the Bible? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for how you bless us all each day. I pray that everyone who needs to hear this message will find it and that will lead them to the truth and a deep belief in you that they can maintain for life. Amen. You may or may not be aware about a very controversial topic, not only between believers and non-believers, but even within the Christian community. It has to do with the age of the earth debate, and it's often framed as young earth or old earth. Here's the essence of the debate. Science claims that the universe is perhaps 13.7 billion years old and that the Earth is 4.5 billion years old. It's not at all in dispute within the science community generally, but some Christians and scientists who are Christians believe the Bible shows the Earth to be only 6,000 to 10,000 years old. If that is what the Bible shows, and science is right, then the Bible's wrong. You can see where this goes. If the first book of the Bible is wrong, and it's so obvious because of science, then why would anyone believe anything further in the Bible? Why would they believe anything written about Jesus if Genesis is proven wrong? So I want to state my view that the age of the earth is interesting but it's a non-essential belief about Bible reliability and has nothing to do with salvation. But it's important because it's a stumbling block to evangelism with any non-believing scientists, science supporters, and even Christian youth who may have belief shaken from science professors who claim the Bible's wrong. It's very clear from my, uh, excuse me, from many studies that a significant number of Christian youth leave the church because of science issues, and this is one of the hottest topics in that realm. If that was not the case, I wouldn't be here spending hours and weeks creating podcasts to help them. Let's inspect this further and see if we can sort it out. Some books to explore on your own for the subject include. Navigating Genesis and A Matter of Days by Christian apologist, pastor, and astrophysicist Hugh Ross, and a very close good friend of mine, Ben Smith, who passed on recently and wrote a very informative book called Genesis, Science, and the Beginning. There are many others on the subject, and you can Google and find them. For me, the most compelling item to know about the debate is that there are no non-believing scientists that I'm aware of who hold a young earth view, but there are many, many believing scientists who hold an old earth view. So what that means is that for the young earth believing Christian scientists, their belief resides upon their interpretation of Genesis as a young earth. So the real question is whether their interpretation of Scripture is correct. Now, I'm sure I'm going to get pushback on this podcast from many, but 
mostly Christians probably. I've experienced this in the past. There's a kind of a dogmatic belief among many Christians that believe Genesis is clear that God created everything in six literal 24-hour days, and therefore the universe and earth could not possibly be billions of years old. But is their belief valid? I'm going on the record to say several things here before supporting my claims. The Bible does not tell us the age of the earth. If we find out one day that it's old or young, the Bible supports either one and is not wrong. Also, this is not an inerrancy or salvation issue, and anyone who insists so is just creating division within Christianity unnecessarily. As for my personal opinion, I think the science is quite compelling for an old earth, and because the scripture is not definitive, I lean old earth, but I'm open to any new evidence from science or more convincing interpretations about scripture. Now let's look at the details further, and you can decide for yourself. The issue revolves mainly around Hebrew word translation of such words as day, create, made, morning, and evening. And in particular, the translation and context of the Hebrew word for day. The Hebrew word for day at that time was yom, so basically Y-O-M. How this is translated in each usage in Genesis 1 and 2 is critical, but it is controversial. There's no consensus among scholars what the correct interpretation is for each of the usages. You'll find some on both sides. Before we show some examples of that, let me put forward a very important question. On what day of the six creation days was the earth made? Can you find it in Genesis chapter 1? Actually, no. It's not created on one of those six days. Every day begins with the standard format, and then God said, or in some Bible versions, then God said. So day one begins with Genesis 1, verse 3. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's the beginning of day one. And I don't see that as any kind of controversy. So since that's the case, there's nowhere following that on any of the days that tells us that the earth was made during one of those days. In fact, it wasn't. It was made prior to day one. In Genesis 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. Now, in the Hebrew at that time, there was no word for universe, but essentially Genesis 1, 1 is the equivalent of saying that God made the universe. It meant everything at that time. So there's a major first problem for a young earth. The earth was made before day one. Sure, some are going to say that Genesis 1-1 is actually the beginning of day one, but there's no good justification for it. If so, it contradicts the way all of the other six days begin, and it's a common accept and accepted writing form that all the six days had the same beginning type format.
from there, the next big issue is the meaning of the Hebrew word yom, or day. It held several meanings at that time. It could mean 24 hours, or it could mean the daylight part of the day, or it could be any part of a day, or it could be a long but definite period of time. There was no word at that time for what we might call an epoch or an era that could have been used instead. In order to figure out how it was used in context for each usage of Yom in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, it requires interpretation, and it is simply not conclusive amongst Hebrew scholars or any other scholars. But let's look at a couple common sense examples that show us that there are at least several likely different meanings of Yom just in Genesis 1 and 2. Genesis 1.5 says, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now, is that usage and meaning a 24-hour period? Clearly not. God even called the light day, and it was the light period of the day. In other words, a 12-hour period. What should we make of the beginning of the third day? Genesis 1, verse 11. And then God said, Let the earth bring forth vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees, each bearing fruit with seed according to its kind. And it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. It was clear and is obvious that God can speak something into being. That's what he did with the light in Genesis 1-3. Let there be light, and there was light. So why did he not say here, let there be vegetation and trees, and there were vegetation and trees? It does not seem like it's meant to be instantaneous. In fact, he commands the earth to bring it forth instead. Now, how does the earth bring it forth? Well, it's a process. It would be silly to think that somehow this was a fast-forward video and that it was instantaneous in that sense. It's most likely that God commanded a natural process to be used here, and that's more than a 24-hour day. Day six is similar, but brings into question the use of the translated word made. This translation comes from one of two Hebrew words that indicate a creation from nothing or a past event. So made, in several cases such as here, and when the sun and moon were made, indicate a past event. Other word, uh, otherwise, it makes no sense, and it cannot be that the sun and moon were made after the earth. The earth is only held in orbit by both. Sure, you could say God could have done that, 
but it's such an obvious fact that the earth was not made at least before the sun. And obviously the word made there is a past event. Then of course you have day seven, which has no end and is obviously not a 24 hour period. Then finally, in Genesis chapter two, verse four, you have a summary of the creation week that was just discussed. And it says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made them. So here the entire creation week is a day and clearly not 24 hours. As far as the meaning of the words evening and morning, those also have multiple meanings. Surely it can mean the end and the beginning of a 24-hour day, but it also allows for evening to mean the end of the day, whatever period of time that was, and the beginning of the day, whatever period of time that was. Now I'm already hearing the nasty comments typing into my email. My position on this, and one that I believe is the most sensible, is simply that the Bible does not firmly indicate the age of the earth. Perhaps it is to be interpreted as six 24-hour days, in spite of what I showed. I'm fine with that. Or perhaps science is right that the earth is billions of years old. The only interpretation that prevents a contradiction between the Bible and science, and we already know that can't happen, in fact, supports either view, whichever someday turns out to be right, is that the meaning and translations allow multiple meanings of the word yom, or day. Yes, you will find evidence scripturally to support both views and scholars on both sides of this issue, but it's not conclusive. I stand on what I just stated after reviewing all the evidence for my own studies. From the science standpoint, it's so unlikely that Christian scientists who hold a young earth view are correct because the evidence from science is overwhelming. In order for the earth to be young from a science view, you have to show that the speed of light changed over time. Yet we have no evidence of that. And also Jeremiah has a passage that says that the laws of nature have never changed and that one affects every other law. And then there are two major problems, even outside of the speed of light debate, and that's these. Ice cores. In Greenland and Antarctica, the counting of deep ice cores is not in dispute and shows layers of annual snowfall up to 800,000 years. They just drill all the way down through it and then count the layers. And secondly, in a similar process, lake varves. Now in places such as Japan, the measurement of the seasonal sediment layers on the bottom of lakes count to hundreds of thousands of years. The spring and fall deposit sedimentation layers are fairly easily counted and identified. Now let's bring this all full circle. If you maintain a neutral view, which I do, and I believe that the Bible does, you are in position to reach science supporters and scientists who are not believers, 
and also Christians who believe in a young earth and not be in dispute or argument with them. Does that not make the most sense to you? Why would we try to make it a big issue when it can so easily be supported by the Bible either way? Why lose the opportunity to reach people when there's no need to have a dogmatic, hard-line belief for no important or valid reason? But do your own study, and you decide. Take care, friends. Thank you.